folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Welcome back to another episode of The Small Package Show. I am Corey Poindexter, joined as always by your boy and mine. Hey, it's your boy. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. It's hello. 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 AKA. Hello. They hear you, Bob. I hear you. They hear you. Okay. I wasn't getting any response from our podcast listeners. Well, maybe if they would respond to me. We, we, if you guys didn't know, we had a format change. Uh, it's we're now more like Dora the Explorer. So you need to when when we give you a cue, you have to respond. It's like, do you know who the WWE Heavyweight Champion is? What? That's right, Kofi Kingston. Um, see, you got a response. They weren't. Well, it's now they. I guess. I guess you told them what to do. It's because I'm. I'm expecting. The, I'm like, the good cop. You're the bad cop. Yeah, that's I'm, fair. I'm the that's mom, fair. and you're the daddy. Is what it is. You know, your daddy yells at them. Daddy tells them when they're wrong, when they're bad, when they need to be spanked. That's daddy's job. They run, come running to mommy when they want praise. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Confirmed. I'm I'm the mom in the relationship. Anyway, welcome back. Another episode of the Small Package Show. It is the week after WrestleMania. We had the Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, and uh, of course we have to talk about WrestleMania weekend itself. My God, just uh, what a weekend! It's absolutely crazy all weekend. Um, we had two episodes last week. Uh, our predictions episode kind of moot now since it's all happened, but sure. it's entertaining nonetheless. But you can still go check out our episode we did last week uh, where we put up our March Madness uh, bracket of wrestling entrance theme songs from WWE. Uh, you can play along with that. We have the playlist is up. Uh, you can check it on our Twitter and our Facebook as well as on our podbean.com. That's smallpackage.podbean.com for... That we have uh, all the the bracket, the the playlist, everything to play along. It's a fun episode. Check it out. So, man, there's just so much to talk about from this past weekend. We're gonna try to fly through it. First off, NXT Takeover New York. Bob, thoughts? Uh, so many, many, many people online are calling it the best uh, WWE pay per view the company has ever produced. Just top to bottom, the best show that they've seen in a long long time and i'm not going to d- 
disagree, but I won't call it the best just because NXT New Orleans, I thought, was so freaking good. Uh, however, it was an amazing show. Great matches. All f- I mean, only five matches. All uh, sizzle, no... Well, no, all steak, no sizzle. Uh, but plenty of sizzle, too. All thriller, no filler. That's definitely applicable. I I agree that it was. I it's hard for me to say best NXT takeover because they've all been fairly good. There have only been a handful that maybe didn't live up to the hype. Most of them do, and uh, definitely some great matches. I found it interesting that uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer gave Gargano versus Cole five and a half stars. Five and a half. It is the uh, highest rated WWE match he has ever rated. And he rated it. Now, Gargano has two five-star matches from Meltzer himself. Um, there's been a handful of others in NXT and then a couple from WWE main roster over the years. Um, but I found it interesting that that, that was the five-star match, five, more than five-star match for him. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely people saying... I thought his other matches were better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a lot of people doing the whole, you know, I, I thought it was really predictable in between the first and second falls, you know, blah, blah, blah. and they're not wrong because it has happened recently. The Usos did do a two out of three falls match with yeah, two falls. Um, it's not a given that we will go to three falls. That said, in a room filled with uh, my girlfriend and was Kayla hanging out at that time? I don't remember. Loosely. Anyway, a, a couple non-wrestling fans and they all started getting into the match and getting invested in it. And if you can get like Lauren to be into wrestling, then you've done well, without something being, without right. being Roman Reigns. Sure. But yeah. even then, that's not being into the wrestling of it. She was... She's into looking at Roman. Uh, Who isn't? That's fair. But she was invested in the match. There were several like their points where Lauren's like, "Oh, this is it! No, it's not all." Yeah. And you know, like it was fantastic. And, I mean, I'm not taking away from being a, an amazing match and deserving of five stars. It is a little funny to me that it is the the first one to get above five stars. Now, granted. The Omega Okada one, I think, was the first one that he went above five stars for. Incorrect. He had gone above five stars before that? He'd gone above five stars in, like, the 80s, bruv. Oh, okay. But it was the in recent memory. Well, that was the first six-star match that he gave. Uh, was Okada. Yes. Was Okada I know Omega. he had done... I think he's done 5.5, like, in the 80s. But I think that it's interesting that... With Japan stuff. Well, the only reason I said that was is if it was a recent trend... That of him giving five and a half stars or more, um, I mean, then I would understand why. Okay, well, he had never done that before, but he if he had done that before, I mean, some of the Sami Zayn match um, versus uh, was it? Oh my God, why am I blanking right now? There was there uh, there was also the Cesaro versus uh, was it Sami Zayn? Oh, anyway, there was there's been some really great matches. Uh, in NXT that have not gotten above five stars before. Um, so I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think it was a great match. I really enjoyed War Raiders versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. 
Um, I didn't really get to watch that one. I thought it was, uh, you know, a little predictable that that War Raiders would win because Aleister Black and Ricochet were also competing for a tag titles on the main roster at WrestleMania. Um, but it's not unheard of for someone to come to the main roster with, with a belt. NXT belts. Um, so it wasn't impossible, but and it was a very good match. Uh, I really liked the interactions um, between uh, Roe and uh, and and Aleister Black. Um, in the beginning of the match, the respect stuff, Walter and Pete Dunn had a really great match. Uh, Velveteen Dream and Riddle had a very good match. Uh, the women's four way was, was a pretty fun match as well. Mm-hmm. So overall great show NXT takeover on Friday. We went to the G one super card, uh, on Saturday. We're not going to go through this entire card, but overall, Bob thoughts on the show. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I kind of agree with the general internet consensus of the NJPW stuff was great. The Ring of Honor stuff was not very good. Um, however, I will put a couple caveats in there. Uh, really, my biggest issues were the street fight that I thought dragged on way too long um, and was just kind of overbooked and whatever. Um the 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 cob match was great. I think people are kind of sleeping on that, and I hope that they aren't linking that into when they say Ring of Honor matches. Well, in fairness, that was kind of a mix between New Japan and Ring of Honor. Well, it was both, and so was the tag yeah. match, and so was the uh, junior heavyweight match. And, and I thought I thought these were all great. Yeah, they when it was pure ROH, that is to say, Dalton Castle versus Roosh, which was a fifteen second squash. Uh, the women's match, the street fight, the street fight. I thought the ladder match was re- was really good. I the ladder that. match was pretty good. I think it could have benefited from being like five minutes shorter. Sure. Uh, but it was still it was still pretty solid. Sure, right? sure, sure. But generally, all of the things that had I uh, New Japan involvement were really freaking good yeah and especially there were there were some surprises some fun stuff muda coming out mm-hmm. for the battle royale being a big one um we got to see muda in the ring with uh jushin thunder Liger, which was really cool especially for what is essentially their pre-show um i i very much enjoyed a lot of the card i do agree that ring of honor didn't quite hold up necessarily the same standards as new japan's um uh, I mean that the tag match definitely was was awesome. It honestly, the tag match felt shorter than I thought it would. Yeah, but they probably also needed to cut something. Then cut the street fight. That whole segment was well. Rather they probably cut like five minutes from the tag match. Is what I was getting at. Yeah, like yeah. They had but to I'm, shorten something. Sure. Um, yes, and I felt like the street fight. And then they did the whole Enzo and Cass run in. Yeah, which it it, it, it needs to be stated that some people. Some people on the internet, the same type of asshole conspiracy theorist marks that are that say, "Oh, well, Roman Reigns' cancer might have been fake to get him over," are the same people who are saying that the Bret Hart attack might have been staged in order at the Hall of Fame ceremony might have been staged in order to uh, take something away from uh, uh, Ring, and, Ring of Honor, Enzo and Cass, as if they knew. But the thing was, is uh, the the Enzo and Cass thing happened afterwards, so unless you know, they did know, then that whole theory is immediately busted. But even if they did, like they would ever fucking plan to attack a 60 something year old man at the Ring of Honor 
or at the uh, blah, 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 Hall of Fame show is just beyond me. Fucking people out there who, who love conspiracy theories and eat them for every meal of the day are out here saying that they think that Brett's attack was a staged thing. It's kind of like you, you've gone a little overboard there, bud. You, you've gone into the deep, deep end without your water wings. So yeah, if you missed that at the Hall of Fame ceremony on Saturday, uh, Bret Hart was tackled by a deranged fan who his not to, not to say his name because assholes don't like deserve the recognition. That's probably what they're after. But his Twitter timeline is just full of just awful things that he tweeted just in general, but also at the McMahons about uh, women's wrestling being the main event of WrestleMania is a disgrace. Things like women places in the kitchen, all sorts of just inane nonsense. Um, so big fuck you to that guy. Uh, and also the Enzo and cast thing was just kind of strange being in the crowd because especially being, we weren't super far up. We weren't in the nosebleeds, but even being in the second ring of the garden, it was, it was hard to see what was going on and get a feel for what's going on. Um, and then people at home were saying that the commentary wasn't acknowledging it when it happened. Uh, so, uh, apparently later on they did acknowledge it uh, both on their Twitter and apparently the commentary started to talk about it at the end of the show. So clearly it's a work. Uh, <laughs> well, it's obviously a work now. They're selling t-shirts. That's, that's and stuff. what I'm saying is clearly it is work. Well, sure, at, but at clearly the, implies that it's not like fucking confirmed, sure. which it is. Sure. So, so yes, it is a work. At the at the time, it was a little bit more confusing. Um, and also, let's be real. Enzo has rushed shows before, not the barricade, but he's shown up to shows and interrupted them before with mm-hmm. his nonsense. So at, at the time in the crowd, it was not beyond the scope of, of reasonable, of like reason uh, or plausibility that he could have just been like, hey, this will be fun. Something I can do that will get me attention. Now we know it's a work. And honestly, it's a little and I here's mean, it's a little here's weird, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it depends not on a bad idea because okay. Enzo has a following. He does get people to watch whatever he does. And okay. Ring of Honor needs some fucking stars, bro. Sure. No, I, it, who's their biggest star? Marty, the guy who's pretty much got a foot out the door and will be yeah. gone the second his contract is up at the end of this month? Like... They need somebody. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, they do have Taven. He's your champion. I mean, <laughs> he's sure. Champion. He, by the way, I want to say this real quick. Uh, where you know we're going to fly through a lot of this, but you know, he, I was pleasantly surprised with him over the last pay per view we watched, and Look, also he's this. not a bad wrestler. It's, no one's saying he's a bad wrestler. Sure. No one's saying he's particularly great and de- sure. deserves to be the guy who's headlining fucking Ring of Honor right now. I mean, that's as also the heavyweight f- champ. That's that is fair. I'm not saying that I think that he is. He's like Bo Dallas, right? Where you go, he's a good wrestler. I think he's above Bo Dallas, but I don't think that he's. I, d- I agree that it's a it's an odd choice to have him as your champ. He does get heat. A lot of people are uh, do- like he does get heat. Yes, a lot of people are sure. legitimately like fuck Taven. And I think that there's there is money in that. You need you not only need people like Jay Lethal who get everyone on their feet and get cheering, but you need guys like that who are heat magnets. And sure, he's good at that. He's got a hateable face. Sure, <laughs> I think if you looked at him just like on the street, no context, not, no context, 
and you weren't a wrestling fan, and someone's like, hey, you think that guy's an asshole? A dumb fucking asshole? I think that most people would look at his face and go, yeah, he kind of looks like a fucking asshole. That's what you need out of a heel. It's a little weird to have the strap on him, but it definitely got a lot of heat. The only thing is, is that of all the Ring of Honor people, other than Jeff Cobb, I don't really know who got a, a very large positive reaction from any of the Ring of Honor people. I mean, Roosh is technically ROH. Yeah, but I mean, his the reaction sounded a little bit mixed in terms of... I'm talking about like who, who you have that it gets uh, positive, like cheers, like co- consistent cheers reaction. I felt like Roosh gets kind of a mix between people cheering him and booing him. Okay. And Jay Lethal. But other than the, than Jay Lethal, uh, you know, I don't really know who you have that definitely gets a hundred. Uh, Flip did. Flip Gordon gets a lot of cheers. Juice got some. Um, but overall, a G1 Supercard was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun at the match. My biggest negative of the night. Uh, of course, all we've talked about is negatives, dude. Let's be fucking positive here. Real quick. We had a great show. No, we did. The last negative I'm going to throw out there, and then I'm going to get positive about this, is I bought that commemorative coin. The $10 commemorative sure. Love the one side of it. The all black side of it. Great. The other side, it turned out, remember that cool G1 Supercard logo? That was a sticker. And by the time I got home, the sticker had completely worn off in the packaging. And it was just bits of red and blue lettering in the thing. And I was like, wow, that was kind of cheaply made and kind of a fucking buzzkill. I just trying to throw out my own personal grievance on that one. It's still a cool coin, but half of the lettering had come off. So I was like, well, maybe it'll still be readable. I'll just finish off taking off the sticker so that it's not all dumb, spotty half letters or stickers. And Kale was like, I don't know. Maybe you should see if you can take the sticker bits out of the bag and like replace them on the, on the coin. I was like, that sounds like a lot of work and a pain in my ass. So I scraped off the stickers. You can't fucking read it now. <laughs> like it's just the block outline of Supercard. So it looks like super. Uh, but otherwise, anyway, that's my own fucking personal little nonsense but it was a great show you're right we should be more positive we had a lot of fun we had a lot of fun and the fucking okada white match was oh a my banger God. the did not know how they were gonna go abushi naito match oh, was match of the outrageous i think that might have been like match the, the iwgp junior heavyweight match so much fun yeah i mean i think that honestly especially on this podcast because we talk so much about wwe product it winds up being a lot of mixed bags and we have a lot of gripes um, but yeah, G1 Supercard, a hundred percent would recommend going to another one in the future if, if, and when they come back. Realistically though, it needs to just be at JHPW. Probably. And I think, I think hopefully like, so here's, here's my perception Sure, is that NJPW, I think didn't feel like they could do an entire msg show by themselves and this is this is like if you watched all the little video packages that they had before all of the pure njpw matches and again i i you know i'm i understand loosely how japanese corporate culture works having watched a shit ton of nintendo live streams and things i like i get it I understand how why they're talking like this, but they were very much just like, we have this match, and they're very exciting guys, and you're really gonna like it. Please enjoy this match. And it was just like, like New Japan, we fucking know who these guys are. We're psyched for these guys, and we know this match already, and we know it's gonna be great. Like, you don't need to sell us on the match that we bought tickets for in our sitting, waiting two minutes to watch. <laughs> like... 
and I, but again, like if you watch any, you know, uh, Nintendo live stream, it's very much like, please enjoy our game. And it's like, yeah, it's Super Smash Brothers. I'm going to enjoy this, obviously, but it's, it's, I think, I think hopefully what they learned from the insane reactions that they got from their top stars is, New York is a place where you can just run an NJPW show like normal and just have it be in New York instead of in Japan. That's true. Like they've only had what like one or two. We're shows. wise enough to the product. They've only had a handful of American shows, and sure. they've all been in California. So I yes. get I get the trepidation, but you're right. I think that what this probably proved to them is is that they don't need ROH to float that, or rather, I mean, because if you look to at it, in their mind float them, but in reality them pulled by the bootstraps. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of the, like you said, a lot of the ROH stuff on the card didn't live up. I mean, I, I mean, I think that there was added benefit to some matches from ROH guys being there. I think that Osprey and Cobb was a was a great match. Um, Definitely, I think having uh, having. Briscoes and and villain enterprises in the tag match because PCO had took some insane bumps. Yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I'm not... I think that made it great. Um, but I, I do think that it's not necessary to maybe co brand your show. Like, if you want to invite some ROH guys to come out, that would be fine, especially have... since now some of them are your champs. Yeah, which is also we're gonna have to see how they're going to make do with this Reese cup situation of your ROH being in my, I mean, it's not unheard of. No, I know like the Briscoes have already been IWGP tag team champs before. Right. Right. So it's not like it's, whoa, no, no. Yeah. But it is, we've seen it. It's It's not going to be weird because it's how they've operated for the past two, three, four, five years. It's a fantastic show. Regardless, we had a lot of fun, great time. And uh, I I still think sitting in MSG even in that second ring, it, uh, like of of the bowl is perfect. Oh, I yeah, don't very know if, good seats. I don't know if I would have liked it as much on the third ring. Fair, um, but being in the second where we were, and we were at the top of the second, mm-hmm. and it still was great seats. Highly recommended. So that was the G one Supercard. That was great WrestleMania. Uh, so I know that we were we were trying to stay positive. I'm going to open up with the biggest negative of the entire thing. Sure. Um, and I know that we, this isn't an entirely original thought. Other people have said this. It's too fucking long. Yeah. I mean, I we, mean, that's saying it's not an original thought. I think that's the general consensus. consensus. Um, it's, it's last year's was like six and a half hours, right? Something. And it, even that felt too long. And this year it straight up was eight, eight and a half hours total from beginning of the kickoff show to the end of the main card. It was too long. Um, they got to dial it back uh, or split it over two days. Or it, I honestly, I thought about that. I would be entirely fine with that. Like if, then you can have two matches be the, the main, main event, event and you can maybe someone, someone online sure. proposed that they do like an afternoon Saturday thing that leads into the hall of fame at Saturday night and then do the Sunday part two. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it would be split up or regardless of where you have it start further in the closer in the afternoon. Sure. Get that pre-show going at one at noon. Yeah. Let it let it be eight hours. I mean, ideally it won't be, but let it fucking be done with by nine, ten o'clock. 
Honestly, if they if they set up a thing where it was like, okay, in the afternoon we're going to have a WrestleMania showcase, that essentially was your kickoff show matches, right? Sure. So let's say that at noon they had started off, and we saw, and they the, start at noon with both battle royals, sure. the cruiserweights, sure. maybe one or two of the tag matches. Sure, and I think that would be great. So start like I. This is my own idea of how it would be great. Start that around noon, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like the like tailgate hours shit, where it's like, okay, hey, you're, you're coming to WrestleMania, you're going to be tailgating, you're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to start this show at noon, and it runs noon to maybe two o'clock. The only problem with this plan yeah. is fans in attendance. You're going to be like making them be at the stadium for twelve hours at that point. So have have a th- have- uh, or just have this kickoff show be completely fucking dead with no audience. I mean, I th- I don't think there is a perfect solution. I I was going to propose having it at like maybe noon, maybe one o'clock. It lasts like two hours, and then there's like a break where it's like an a- like an hour or two of just like there's there's nothing. If you really want to have something on the network, you have comment like commentary people talking. But no matches, just an hour or two, and then have your four-hour main card start at like five o'clock. It's over by nine, and I think that would be reasonable. Sure, but starting it at five and or, or, or four or whatever it was, and then having to go to like twelve thirty at night is just ridiculous. Kids have school, people have work. It sucks. Yeah, like, and unfortunately for the WWE, as much as they like to regard themselves as being, you know way up there in the stratosphere with their 1 billion social media followers. Uh, it's it's not as recognized as the Super Bowl. But even the Super Bowl, people still have to go into work the next day. I think that there are some bosses out there who are a little bit more yeah. understanding of, well, it was the Super Bowl last night and everyone in America is fucking watching this thing. Um, <laughs> but WrestleMania doesn't have that clout in the mainstream consciousness yet. So I think too long, I agree. Splitting it up over two days would be fine. Doing it earlier in the day would be fine. Just running it shorter would be fine. You know, it sucks because you're trying to get everybody a payday. You're trying to get everybody exposure on the main WrestleMania card. I get mm-hmm. that. You're trying to get people over. And they a lot of them do deserve it. But unfortunately, it's like, it's at what cost? It's to the detriment of WrestleMania. Because yeah. if they had ended the show, let's be real. If they had ended the show on Kofi Kingston winning, everyone would have gone home happy. Not that I'm saying the Becky Lynch match wasn't great and seeing her win wasn't great and all that. I'm just saying, regardless of what would have happened to all the matches after the card, if the card had just ended at Kofi winning, we'd already had several hours of WrestleMania main card. A lot of it was great. And it would have ended on Kofi Kingston going the champion. If you had cut the show there and had that be Saturday, and then Sunday had you know the rest of the card, maybe plus one more match, that would have also been great. Ending with Bex winning the championship on day two. Two big go-home happies. I don't know if there's a perfect answer here, but is something has to change. They can't do eight hours starting at 5, 8, 5 p.m. That's just egregious. That being said, thoughts on the show overall, Bob? Overall, the show was pretty good. Um, definitely some high points, definitely some low points, uh, but... For something that was ungodly long, it did manage to pace itself as well as it could have gone. I will say, like, sure. 
you, you got some high moments, you got some low moments, you got some high moments, you got some breather moments, you got some high moments again. Uh, I thought there was some really, overall, not really any weird, dumb decisions, which is a good, a really good thing for WWE. There's nothing that I'm looking at in the results going, why did that happen? Uh, the, the closest thing for me is Ryder and Hawkins winning because it honestly, didn't, no, it I would say the closest thing for me is Tony Nice winning. That's also strange, but because Murphy, like Brody Murphy, like at least with the Ryder Hawkins, you kind of got that feel good moment. You got yeah. those buddy buddies finally overcoming their sure. losing streak story. Sure. At least like that's a story. Yeah. Tony Nice was just kind of like, and Tony Nice won. Well, and everyone's like, Oh, well, at the, at, at, at the NXT tapings, Buddy Murphy competed for the North America Championship, I want to say. Yes, he did. So maybe that's what they're planning to do with him is to have him continue to fight NXT and 205 Live. And maybe unless that was just like know. a one off and now it's he's going to go up to the main roster instead. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's it's all it's all it uh, it all pretty much was was great. A great show. Um you know the Andre the Giant battle memorial battle royales on the pre-shows were both. It was whatever. Fine. Oscar being eliminated third from last of the women's was. It is what it is. You know what I mean. I don't know exactly what they're doing with Oscar, but Carmella won it. Whatever they're gonna do with that, they're gonna do with it. I mm-hmm. mean, so far the only segment on the SmackDown after Mania was a borderline comedy segment that turned into a Samoa Joe squash of our truth. So I, I don't know what they're doing with that. Um, Triple H winning over Batista kind of felt like, well, what was the point of Batista coming back? But also, when they put the stipulation that Trip's career was on the line, you knew. Yeah, and that match, a lot of people really enjoyed that match. I thought it was a bit too long. It was. Uh, it was too long. The entrances are too long. Way too long. And also, weird. Like, Batista's had logistical errors that caused the timing to be all fucked up. And then Trips's was a pop reference that was several years out of date. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. I, I did enjoy the nose ring spot. I think that was cool. And I thought that the wrapping his fingers with the with the wrench and then stepping on a spot, cool. there were cool spots in it. Yeah, it was just and I mean, obviously you aren't going to get a good wrestling match out of two 50-year-old men. Yeah. So, like, they needed to have it be kind of like a it's spot still, it's spotty still, fest. It still felt like it was in their styles, though. Sure. Hard hitting, not flips, no tope suicidos. Like. But also, it's just kind of like, man, I, 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 I'm... I feel like I'm in the minority of WWE audience where I just don't have a fucking nostalgia bone. Yeah. And I get that nostalgia is baked into WWE. It is. At like a core fucking level. Mm -hmm. But like, I did not give a shit about this match. That's fair. Like a guy who I've seen do some pretty good matches, but... I know is just pushing himself too far versus a guy who I've never really watched wrestle because sure. I didn't watch his time wrestling. And it's, it's fair. It's like, totally uh, fair. Okay, that's, cool. Whatever. That's a totally fair opinion, man. And I think, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, there's the triple H spot on the card. For right. And, and see, that's really what I know. Triple H most as is the guy who just takes a fucking spot on WrestleMania every year. And in a, in a, company where even if you had 
you know, uh, if you cut half of the people, they would still have two stacked of a fucking roster of talented people. And you're giving like 30, 40 minutes with entrances combined. No, over an hour with entrances combined on WrestleMania to fucking two guys. One guy who's never coming back because he's retiring and another guy who's sticking around too long. Yeah. And like... I would say this. Uh, the match on the card that surprised me... If you're me, talking about how they like need to get everyone on the card and they deserve yeah. it, maybe not have an hour of it taken up to two guys who don't really deserve it. Uh, the card on the, the the match on the card that really surprised me the most pleasantly, and this was not saying that I had no expectations of these two, um, but Shane and Miz, I really enjoyed that match. I think that it went on a little long. Um, yeah, but also you're going to get that in a false, false count, count anywhere, anywhere because but you're going to have to get them to be wandering around the stadium. The golf carts, the golf cart spot, I thought was that amazing. was brutal, amazing. Only Shane O'Mac would take that bump. Absolutely. Uh, the ending, I liked. I know that. Yeah, cutting and seeing the crash pad at the end was kind of a, a, a little bit of a buzzkill. Can't really avoid it. I mean, because you're not going to actually murder these two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and so to Mike's point, friend of the show, Mike Hall. Uh, you know, he thought it was a little bit of a letdown that you saw the crash bat. I agree, but I don't think it took away from the ending for me. And I thought it was a unique way to end it where, yeah, Miz did all the ass kicking, but because Shane's body fell on top of his in the final spot, Shane got the win. I thought it was an interesting way to have the heel go over in that match. Uh, Orton and AJ had a great match. Also, I will say, I think it's really fascinating sure. how uh this, so much of current Miz kind of can be played, traced all the way back to that infamous Talking Smack promo. I know. It was a very character because thing. Because he very much was like shitting on Daniel Bryan for taking unnecessary risky spots and, you know, wrestling a dangerous style. And that's, you know, maybe what the crowd wants and maybe what the fans want, but it's not going to be good for his career and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And now he's face and he's taking all of the, cause mm-hmm. he was the one who superplexed Shane. It, yeah. Like that wasn't a famous Shane bump. That was a Miz doing a move bump. Yeah. And so he's like the one who's, who's now doing extreme styles with his wrestling, which is very kind of interesting to watch him. And honestly, it. it'll be, it'd be really interesting to see a uh, Debray Miz feud now yeah. where Miz is essentially in the Daniel Bryan role. Yeah. I think it would be very fascinating. I hope we see it. Uh, I've always been a big Miz Mark, as many of you know, uh, out there in the small package nation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, Small pack niche, niche. Uh, you know, I've always been a big Miz Mark, and I'm very a big fan of this uh, Mizessance. That's a, a Miz Renaissance for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, I'm glad he's getting this this big. He's getting a push. He's getting a lot of spotlight. You know, people will be, oh, why Shane on the card? Why Shane on the card? But we do know that it is a big sign from from the people in the back and the McMahons when they put you in a match against one of them at WrestleMania. It is a big sign of respect. Mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. have shit on it in the past. They've been like, oh, AJ got wasted on that match with Shane. But uh, it means something. Well, back in that WrestleMania, that was one of the best matches of the night. I, so I know. But I'm but going into it, remember how everybody was like, oh, they're wasting AJ. Mm-hmm. He only has so many manias, and you're wasting one. I think it, it's telling that they have a lot of faith in the Miz. He has the show, Miz and Maurice, doing really well in the USA Network. Not a lot of guys have their own show. Um so that was surprising, pleasantly surprising. AJ and Orton had a really good match. Uh, Angle and Corbin, I'm going to say this. 
Mike Mike had a point when he talked about you know wrestlers going out on their backs. You had also talked about wrestlers going out on their backs, and Baron Corbin is such a heat magnet. He is such an underrated heat magnet. He gets so much heat that even people who are smarks overlook the fact that he's so good at getting heat because they hate him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it was honestly probably the right call, although him getting kind of beat up on the Raw after Mania, maybe not so much. But um, well, we can get to the whole Raw and SmackDown after Mania because I have a couple things to say. Sure, Roman beat Drew. Uh, reports are Drew got banged up in that match a little bit. Um, that he's a little uh beat up right now and uh he got some further injuries on uh the smackdown after wrestlemania um so hopefully drew's fine um and uh other things to talk about of course becky lynch won the championship uh it's a good match a little weird on the finish uh ronda's shoulders were not all the way down and it was very visible on the camera when the pin happened uh, reports are that the referee was fined by Vince, like or like you know, uh, or punished in some way by Vince for that ending being, quote unquote, botched. Um, I think Becky going over was the right call. I just think that maybe if they had, if if they didn't have that pin count right there, maybe she submitted Charlotte or something. I don't know. Uh, Seth going over Brock in the opening match. It's kind of interesting opening up with. Uh, the Universal Championship match. I thought it was an interesting way to frame it, too, with uh, Paul Heyman coming out and being like, if we're not the main event, then we're going to get this thing over with so we can go. Mm-hmm. It made kayfabe sense. It was a, a gunshot way to open up the card. I thought it was great. Uh, the match itself was a little underwhelming. Um, you know, having the weird ref bump spot and then Seth getting the low blow and three curb stomps and it's just, we're just done. Um, it was a little short. Kofi winning, obviously, that match was maybe was probably match of the night for me. It was a great match. Uh-huh. Uh, Finn won the IC Bell over Bobby Lashley in the Demon versus Cat Eye Lashley match. Uh, Ryder and Hawkins won the tag ch- championship. Samoa Joe squashed Rey Mysterio, and it was like under a minute. It was very short. Uh, the Usos retained. Naya, uh, no, 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 the Iconics won. Mm-hmm. The uh, women's mm-hmm. tag championships. Uh, also, reportedly, Sasha Banks is very upset with the company. Sasha Banks apparently tried to quit. Yeah, Bailey's apparently pissed, but hasn't. Which, like, yeah, we can talk about that later. Sure, I and, get and their so frustrations. Overall, WrestleMania but. pretty good. It very, I would say, enjoyable. It is definitely the spectacle that it is, but shorter would be best. So. Bob, uh, thoughts on any other thoughts on WrestleMania before we move on? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. Sure. Like we said, just get it shorter, man. So Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania thoughts. Uh, one things you want to talk about. One, there was really only one show after WrestleMania, and then they decided to play it again on set on Tuesday. Wow, lots of but there were lots of video packages and a lots and of the same fucking things. Yes. Yeah. Well, the shakeup is coming up next week. Sure, so. but when you put half your your stars on SmackDown or on on Raw, and then for SmackDown they just come out and kind of cut the same promos and even have the same fucking interruptions and everything. Like, cool. Um, it 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 didn't feel as exciting as previous. Raw after WrestleManias. I would agree. There really weren't any major call-ups. There's, I mean, Lars, Lars came out. Which, finally. Yeah. Um, uh, we also forgot one thing about WrestleMania. 
that didn't come in to play on on Raw, and I thought it would, but it didn't, was during the Elias segment, John Cena came out mm. as Thugonomics John Cena. Yes. And I, I enjoyed that segment very much. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because we already talked enough about WrestleMania, and I want to get this thing wrapped up. But it was a very fun segment. It was surprising, to say the least. Uh, and while it was addressed slightly by Elias in his Raw After Mania segment, we did not get John Cena coming back out again. Mm-hmm. Instead, we got Undertaker. And, and, and admittedly, it's a pop. Uh, it was surprising to see him at Raw. But really, we got Undertaker to come out, deliver a choke slam and a tombstone, and then theme. Yeah, and once again, like how I just said, uh, nostalgia is a core tenant of enjoying the WWE product. Uh, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, too, where I was just like, WWE refuses to let their mo- their current roster over. Like, unless your name is Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, or Undertaker, you're never going to be able to be a top guy. Or The Rock or John Cena. Even, even Cena will still falls underneath those guys but unless you are one of those guys then you are never going to be allowed to like be as popular as you could be like they just refuse to let you which is just kind of like okay i guess no one can be popular anymore because you're not the undertaker Yeah, and I, I definitely I can see where you're coming from with that, and it's not you're not wrong, right? Like Elias is great. He gets he's probably the person who gets the most crowd re- like interactions. He gets a lot out of positive you know, the, and negative, positive and negative. Literally playing both face and heel in the same promo. Like few people have that you know connection with the crowd, and even still, he's got to be fucking jobbed out to Undertaker for no fucking reason. And seen at Mania. Although I definitely, I mean, I thought that segment worked, but. Yeah, but still. And at least seen is a little bit better because the chances of him getting back in a ring are very high, whereas the chances of Undertaker getting back in the ring for a decent match are very, very, very low. And they also, on Raw after Mania, they they early on in the show announced that there was going to be a champion versus champion. Seth Rollins versus Kofi Kingston match. Yeah, and then they blew balls to us. And like, you know, I, I kind of had we, my suspicions. I, I knew it was gonna happen. You were yeah. like, they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna are they gonna do it? Maybe? And I was just I like, know. no, there's gonna be a fucking DQ finish. I thought there was a decent chance that maybe they were gonna surprise Except all of us. the only thing was I thought it was going to be uh Lesnar coming out and F fiving sure. both of them. Instead but, it was a much more underwhelming. Yeah, since it was even worse than my, what I was expecting. The bar interrupting them and uh, it made yes, very little a sense. losing tag team coming out to lose again. It, it was very. It, it was a. It was kind of an underwhelming Raw after WrestleMania. Not gonna lie, I can't really think of anything on the Raw after Mania card that really made me go, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome!" Yeah, no, like the, literally the only debut was Lars. I mean, SmackDowns at the SmackDown after WrestleMania. SmackDown didn't even have any debuts. It uh, the only thing I, th- I really enjoyed on that was the opening thing with New Day. I really did enjoy the opening yeah, celebration. Yeah, you know, it's definitely great to see them celebrating Kofi, and it's really definitely great to see that Kofi didn't lose the belt a day or two after yeah. winning. Um, so we'll see what they do with that storyline. But we have the shakeup next week. 
So we'll report on that. The Superstar Shake. That should be fun. I uh, and so anyway, guys, I think we're gonna go ahead and start to wrap this up here. Uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown after Mania, they were just fine. They, I don't think they lived up to the hype, but. Overall, WrestleMania, a lot of fun moments, good show, but just too long. Let's wrap that up. Uh huh. And learning from the lessons of WrestleMania, we're going to wrap this up. You can follow me on social media at CB Poindexter all across all social mids. You can follow Bob, aka Mr. Verified Worldwide, on Twitter at Bob Feckety. You can follow the both of us on Facebook and Twitter at Small Package POD. That's POD, like podcast. We're like, ah, fuck it. It's like the band best stands for the podcast. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Small Package Show. We'll be back again soon, hopefully next week, to talk about the Superstar Shakeup and more. Thank you guys so much. And uh, Bob, would you do me the honors of hitting them with it? Small Package. Eloquent. Refund. From Gentleman Bob. Good night.